we've been married 44 years on March 2nd, so I'm blessed, to tell you the truth, uh, beyond belief. Does anybody feel like December's been a marathon? Like a marathon of events and parties? Like just on Canyon Acres, my little funky street in the canyon, we had three parties in one week. And, and um, so this is, this is the last Sunday of, of 2017. And this will be our last service of 2017. And this will be the last message you'll hear of 2017. And... I'm glad we're moving into 2018. 2017 was a little bit of a tough year for a lot of folks. I don't know if it was for you, but it was a tough year for a lot of people. 2018, the word eight in Hebrew means new beginnings. So I'm, I want to like say, Lord, we want... Anybody else here want some new beginnings? Yeah. We want some new beginnings. I want some new beginnings. My wife says she's... Last night she told me she's stepping out of the box. She's going to step out of the box into new beginnings. Out of her comfort zone. If you know Nikki, she doesn't have a lot of comfort zones, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I told her last night, I can't imagine me married to anybody else. She just keeps me popping. It keeps me on my toes. All the time. It's, fun. it's just fun being married to her. I never have any clue what's coming next. <laughs> and I don't, you know, there's no liars in heaven, so I'm not lying, guys. That's all, that's all the truth. Yeah. All right. I want to take a moment. Uh, I want to pray for Alex. I want to pray for your mom. Alex's mom is in tough shape, and uh, she's uh, elderly and tough shape in the hospital. And, and um, Robert, I want to pray for your son, David. And any of you who have any loved ones who are not, not doing well? Yeah, Lucy. Anybody in your family? Yourself? Kids? Denise. Denise? Uh, Jackie? Jesse? Just pop, pop out names, whoever they are. God, God hears them. Lord, we want to pray for everybody who's suffering right now, but Lord, I want to remember my beloved Alex's mother especially, as she's a, a God... Um, in, in crisis, Lord, and Lord, uh, as Chris said, God, uh, how much we need you. You haven't promised us that there would be no troubles in life, that we'd be free from troubles, but that you would walk with us through them. You would see us through God. And so may the comfort and the grace of heaven fall upon your mom, Alex, and may it fall upon all of those whom you are thinking of and names that were mentioned. May healing and well-being, may a touch from heaven come from all those whom we love, Lord, all those who are struggling now. We consecrate them, give them to you, Lord, this morning, and pray, Lord, that you would take good care of them, you would hold them close to your heart, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've heard me say this before, but someone once said, you are most like God when you do two things, when you love and when you forgive. You're most like God. If you want to be like God, the, those are the two things you want to major in. You want to major in love and in forgiveness, and the two go, the two go hand in hand. You, you can't love... Uh, 
uh, without forgiving all the time. Because love, the very heartbeat of love is forgiving. And you can't forgive if you're not loving. It's, it's hard to forgive if you're not feeling some love. So we're going to talk about love and we're going to talk about forgiveness. And uh, had we had a bulletin, um, I was going to title this message, A Clean Slate. We don't have a bulletin because Christmas Eve, the Christmas Eve service was so amazing. The candle lights, that, the candles that were lit were just blazing in both our services. And there was wax everywhere in this place. And Mary and all the candles up here and, and Kelly, they were cleaning like crazy. And I looked at Kelly and I said, you know what, Kelly? We don't need a bulletin this, this uh, Sunday. You just, you just do it. You know what? This is Little Church by the Sea. We don't need a bulletin every, every week. It's nice to have one because Kelly does a great job on it. But. So uh, I would have titled this message, A Clean Slate. Uh, my goal is to... Uh, help all of us uh, usher in a 2018, leaving 2017 uh, with a clean slate. Want everything off our plate that shouldn't be there. Everything out of our lives that shouldn't be there. And everything out of our hearts that shouldn't be there. I want to talk to you about uh, leaving 2017 feeling whole and feeling well and feeling good about yourself and connected with God, and, and if, if anybody here is not feeling connected to God this morning, God hasn't moved. God hasn't moved at all. Yeah, you just need to, you just need to slide over, slide over next to God, and let Him put an arm around you. And He's wait, He's waiting. Just think that we we read the story yesterday in morning prayer of of Jesus coming into Mary and Martha's house. And um, Martha scurrying around, trying to get food and drink and everything and all that for the disciples. And Mary just sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said, oh, Mary's done the best thing, the good thing. It's a, it, it'd be good for you and for me to sit at Jesus' feet. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Be good to uh, not just sing about him and not just hear about him, but it'd be good to sit at his feet and turn your gaze upon the beauty of the one who created the universes. Turn your face towards God and behold the wonder of who God is. So I want to preface my message and introduce my message today with three scriptures, which I'm going to put up here on our PowerPoint. The first one I think is, I'm trying to think if there's a more difficult scripture in the word of God uh, for you and I to live than this first scripture. Uh, from the Sermon on the Mount, which you'll find in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and in Luke chapter 6 and 7, Jesus said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who have mistreated you. And you just like, look at that and you go, how in the world can we do that? How in the world can we love someone who is our declared enemy? How do we do that? How do we bless someone 
who has overtly cursed us. How do we pray for someone who has mistreated us or do good to someone who has hated us? I usually try to avoid someone who I felt has hated me, although that has not happened too often in my life. But how do we do these things? Because they're so difficult. Well, the first step is forgiveness. You cannot, you cannot love your enemy unless you forgive him first. And you cannot bless those who curse you unless you forgive those who curse you quickly. And you cannot pray for those who have mistreated you unless you forgive them. And you certainly can't do good to those who hate you uh, if you have not forgiven them. Now, the first church that I pastored, I co-pastored back in the 70s, and my co-pastor was a man named Jack Wheaton. And Jack Wheaton had a philosophy of life. He had a spiritual dimension of life in which he said to me, and he taught me this, I keep short accounts. I don't keep, I have no long accounts. When someone hurts me, when someone curses me, when somebody does something wrong, I forgive them just like that. I don't let things grow. I don't let things uh, fuel within me. I don't, I don't ruminate. I don't ruminate on these things because you know when you ruminate on people who've hurt you, guess what? What starts to build inside you? We'll talk about this, resentment and bitterness. Okay. Now, the second verse, this is a really important verse, and this is a really annoying subject for me. And because some of you heard this yourself, or maybe you've said it yourself, oh, I don't go to church anymore because I got hurt in church. And maybe you ever heard that or felt that. You know, I, I got hurt in church, so I, I don't go to church anymore. Well, this verse here in Colossians is a verse written from one believer to a whole church of believers. In other words, this is a verse for believers, for church life, for little church by the sea. That in church life, because we have a relationship and we're all weak and we all have a sin nature, we're going to fail each other once in a while. So Colossians 3.13, one of the great verses in a really great epistle, be gentle and bear with one another, Paul writes to the Colossian church. Forgive each other. If there is any grievance or complaint, readily pardon one another. Even as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you forgive others. This is about church life. This means in church life, there will be times when you will need to bear with someone. There will be times when you will need to forgive someone. There will be times when you're going to have a complaint against someone or, or someone's going to have a complaint against you. This happens because we're all so different and unique and we say things that we don't mean and someone gets hurt. Someone once said, 98% um, <clears throat> of relational breakdown is misunderstanding. That's true. I think, I think he might have underrated it. It's probably 99%. Most of you wouldn't purposely say anything to wipe somebody out. But you can once in a while say something that hurts someone. You, you know, you push that red button in them and they don't like it too much. This verse is a verse of forgiveness that we, when we have troubles in church life, we just don't go, oh, I'm leaving church now because 
Uh, Pastor Jay, you know, he didn't greet me in the morning. That's pretty hard because I try to greet most everybody. But in church life, you're going to have times where you need to forgive. And if you don't, then you're not really, really living in the heartbeat of church life like God wants us to live. How many of you, in the, how many of you have breakdown in your families once in a while? Yeah, you have breakdowns in your family. You're going to have breakdowns in the family of God too. That's just a part of the way it is. And then finally, the famous part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And if, if, I, if I would have put down the next two verses, it would have been a little tougher because Jesus said, and if you don't forgive those who have sinned against you, I'm not going to forgive you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've tried to keep uh, short accounts in my life, but uh, I don't, I haven't always been successful. I guarantee you God's, God's going to bring along regularly situations in which you need to forgive. I promise you that. I don't care how good a year 2018 might be, God will be faithful to bring along situations in which you need to forgive someone. And that's not based on them coming and saying, will you please forgive me? It's just based on you choosing to forgive. Now, I, I'm going to kind of enumerate on a story that I, I put on. I send out a weekly prayer letter to the church for those who want it. And I'm going to amplify a little bit on a story that I shared about two months ago. Uh, when I was 12 years old, my dad bolted a basketball hoop on the back side of my house when I was 12 years old. I had started out loving sports. I loved baseball. And that's still my favorite sport because I was good at, at baseball. But my dad put this hoop up on my back side of my house. And at 12 years old, I began shooting baskets. And what's cool about basketball is you can play it by yourself. I didn't need to round, round up six or seven guys to play baseball. I could just shoot hoops all, all day long. And I... And when I'm from 12 to 13 to 14, I shot hoops every single day, two, three, four hours, because I lived up in the hills in, in northern Tustin, and there was nobody around hardly, and I had nothing much else to do, so I just kept shooting baskets. And I got into high school, and my freshman year, I played in the basketball team and did okay. My sophomore year, I led the team in scoring, and I had a really great year. My junior year, I went out for the team and was doing pretty good, I thought, and on the practice before Christmas break, I was going up for a layup, and my best friend on the team, George Pelletier, took my legs out from under me as I was going up for a layout, and I layup, and I fell on the gymnasium floor and uh, kind of stunned, and I got up and I punched George Pelletier in the face, is what, I, <laughs> is what I did. And then George punched me back in the face, and we had a fight, and then they broke us up, and, and then a few days later, George and I made up. We were best friends, no big deal. So I, I come back uh, after Christmas break, uh, after the school day is over, I go into the locker room to suit up, and there's an announcement on the bulletin board in the locker room in big black felt letters. Jay Grant and George Pelletier have been suspended from the basketball team for fighting. Coach Tom. And uh, I looked at that and I thought, like, that's got to be a joke, right? And uh, no, it wasn't a joke. And he never talked to me. He never, sat down. he never sat me down. He never said why. He didn't give me a second chance. I never talked to him for the rest of my life. He just put an announcement up and said, 
pack up your stuff and go. That's basically what it was. So that's what I did. And my heart broke at that moment. And my mom said it was the beginning of years of rebellion in my life. I walked out of that locker room, and I never felt such bitterness and hate in my whole life as what took place that day. And it made me an angry young man. And I got out of high school, and I did nothing but, well, I moved down to the island and partied a bunch is what I did. Until one day someone invited me into a, to a church, in a little funky church up in Costa Mesa, the beginnings, the very beginnings of Calvary Chapel. And Chuck Smith was preaching, and I gave my life to Christ. And there was Bible studies like every night in those days. Every night there was a Bible study. And I go to my first Bible study, and what's one of the first things that I hear? As God has forgiven you, you've got to forgive everyone who's hurt you. And I said, but God, not Coach Tom. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to forgive Coach Tom. That SOB has like made my life miserable. Did I really say SOB? I'll say it again. That SOB really made my life miserable. I didn't like it. And God said, um, Jay, how many sins have I just forgiven you? And I said, Lord, you forgave all my sins. And some of them, Jay, frankly, were a lot worse than Coach Tom did to you. Yeah, a few here, you know me from back then. And you know exactly. Say, okay, okay, Lord, I, I, I forgive. I forgive Coach Tom. That was not easy, you guys. And I, and I, can, still, I can still feel the pain that I felt from that situation. And, I, I, you know, this, we have a coach back here in the back. I won't even mention his name. Most coaches would talk... <laughs> Most coaches would talk, would talk to their kids, you know, if there was going to be an expulsion and at least, but, but back then that's just not the way it was. It didn't happen that way and I don't know why. I don't, maybe I was more of a jerk than I thought. Who, who knows? But, um, wow, I forgave him and I felt better. I felt a lot better. So I'd like to ask uh, you a couple of questions now. Who in your past has crushed you? Who in your past has broken your heart? Who in your past has betrayed you, violated you, terribly wronged you? Every one of you probably have a name or a face that popped up in your mind. And I just want to encourage us as we finish this year, 2017, that we have a clean slate and that as I forgave Coach Tom, you would forgive that person who crushed you, broke your heart, messed you up, caused you pain, wronged you. That as we close on this last day of the year, you would let it all go. You release all bitterness, all anger, all the years of thinking about something that really hurt you. And forgive that person truly today. And say, Lord, I'm just going to give them to you today. And ask, Lord, that you'd help me to forgive them. And all God wants you to do is just say that. And maybe in a few minutes we'll take a moment to do that. Because there's some of you who are going to find a new life, and full freedom when you forgive somebody who has really hurt you. And most of you in life have really been hurt. 
And if you can forgive them truly and let it, let it all go, your whole life can change. Now I want to just briefly I'll give you a few reasons of why it's important to forgive. And so, man, if I could have the first PowerPoint. A forgiveness releases us from debilitating anger. I was so angry for the next year after I received that notice, I used to put holes in the drywall in my room. I used to slug that that wall in my room. I was so frustrated with what had happened. I was so angry, felt such resentment and deep bitterness over the hurt that I suffered. And what forgiveness does, it releases us from that. Because anger and bitterness poisons your life. And ladies and gentlemen, my life was poisoned because of the anger that I just let sit there and the resentments that I felt. It has to go. And so I put the verse up here from Hebrews 12.25, one of the most important verses. Hebrews 12.25 says, let no root of bitterness spring up within you, causing bitter torment, defiling not only you, but those who are around you. So when you feel bitterness and resentment against somebody else, a root of bitterness grows inside you and it not only defiles your life, it defiles everybody who's around you. You ever been around somebody who's just full of anger and bitterness and hatred? It defiles you too, not just them. Secondly, unforgiveness gives people power over you as they control your emotions. This is huge. If you are still struggling with somebody that you don't care about, you don't like anymore because they hurt you so badly, every time you think about them and you allow them to make you angry and resentful, you give them power over your life. They're still controlling how you feel. They're able to dictate whether you're happy or sad for a day. Unforgiveness gives people power over you as they control your emotions, when we think of someone who's really hurt us, we often plunge into negative emotions, anger, hate, feelings of revenge. Forgiveness sets you free from this cycle of negative, painful feelings. You know those crime shows on television? All those crimes that are committed on television are committed by people who didn't forgive someone who let bitterness and resentment build inside themselves. Next, number three, uh, is why. Because Satan will come along when you're feeling angry and resentful, and he will, he will, he will build that thing up inside you. Uh, John 10.10 10 says, The enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy comes and speaks into our ears. You really hate that person, don't you? You really should get revenge, shouldn't you? What can you do? How, how can you hurt that person? So we give Satan a foothold in our life. When we harbor resentments, we open a door allowing the enemy to foster and encourage even greater hatred and bitterness, which can lead us to uh, acts of revenge. Forgiveness then breaks the hold. It breaks the hold of the enemy. It releases I'm telling you that when you live in anger and hatred and bitterness, you 
invite the, the enemy right alongside you, live right next to you. And he's quite happy just to uh, keep building up in your mind why you shouldn't like somebody, why you shouldn't forgive somebody, why you should hate somebody, why you should resent somebody, why you should be bitter. I had a young lady maybe 10 years ago, she's not, not here anymore in this church, came into my office uh, on a Monday night, I have Monday night prayer appointments, and she, uh, she had um, a, a young teenage daughter, and she uh, had remarried, and, and there had been this terrible violation take place in the family, and she walked in my office, and she, she was as red as a beet, and she says, I hate what this man has done. But I, but I know I can't do this, and I'm coming to ask if you would pray for me. This woman came into my office every Monday night for 52 straight weeks. Every Monday night, just put her down, 7 o'clock. 52 weeks she came. And myself, and I think Bonnie Johnson was praying with me at that time. We laid hands on her and prayed, God, would you just release our sister? Would you help her forgive this person? And she battled and battled, but she wouldn't give up. This is deep-seated pain. And after a year, she came and I didn't even recognize her. She had fully forgiven this ex-husband and was free to live her life. And uh, so much better, uh, so many better things came her way as she forgave what, is, what was as severe a violation she possibly could endure. Number four, there's a great exchange when you truly forgive. Hate, resentment, and bitterness goes and it's replaced by joy, love, and contentment. It's a pretty good exchange, right? Huh? It's like the exchange when we come to Christ. Jesus takes all our sins and gives us all his righteousness. That's a good exchange. And when you forgive, bitterness and resentment and anger goes, and joy, love, and contentment. How many here would like a little bit more joy, love, and contentment? You might just forgive a little bit here, and you might find that before you leave here this morning. New life is imparted when we forgive. Everything becomes better. Now, I made a note here. Sometimes you must forgive the same person more than once. Because you know what, God, does God forgive you more than once for sometimes the same stuff? Yeah, amen. And so I've discovered, you can say, I forgive someone, and God will honor that. But if the stuff comes back and you start ruminating on it again, start wrestling with it again, you just need to forgive again, which I've had to do. All right, and number five, we must forgive because God's called us to forgive whether we feel like it or not. We choose to forgive even though it might be the most difficult thing we've ever done. Now, this is worth the price of admission coming into church this morning, the next statement. One of the biggest mistakes anybody can make is to live by your feelings. If you live by your feelings, you're in serious trouble, folks. You cannot live by your feelings. Your feelings will betray you. Your feelings will mess you up. If you just live by your feelings, you aren't going to last long in any important area of life. Sometimes I'm feeling it for Nikki. Sometimes Nikki's feeling it for me. Sometimes I'm not feeling it for Nikki. Sometimes she's not feeling it for me. So what do we do then? We choose to love. 
Sometimes I'm feeling it for God, and sometimes I'm not feeling it for God. Sometimes I'm feeling it for the sawdust, and sometimes I'm not feeling it for the sawdust. But you want to walk in obedience before God and not live by your feelings. Feelings will mess you up. You live by your feelings, you're going to keep sticking your foot in your mouth, you're going to keep making decisions based upon feelings, and then you're going to regret what you did. Life is choosing to obey God, not because we feel like it, but because it's what's best for us. So, often an act of our will is required to do the right thing and good thing. And I put down Psalm 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David wrote that psalm when he was in one of the worst circumstances of his life. But notice what he said. What, What is the second word in the quote? Will. I will. I choose. I'm going to make a decision to do this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Not because I'm feeling good. Not because circumstances are right. Not because I'm feeling so happy. I'm not on the mountaintop. I'm in the valley. I'm not happy. I'm sad. But I will bless the Lord at all times. Be good for all of us. First thing in the morning, Lord, I bless you. I think I said this last time I spoke to you. First thing to say in the morning when you wake up, Lord, I bless you. Like automatic. I bless you, Lord. I don't care if you're feeling good or not. You've got a cold or you're feeling healthy. Lord, I bless you. All right. Now, I've been talking about all these people we should forgive. There's one other person that needs to be forgiven in your life. You need to forgive yourself. And I want to finish 2017 with all of you not only forgiving someone that you most likely need to forgive this morning, but forgiving yourself for the times that you've messed up. If God's forgiven your enemies, and if God's forgiven you, then you can forgive your enemies and God, and you can forgive yourself. Some of you need to forgive yourself. Turn with me to Mark Uh, chapter 12. Very familiar passage, but I just want to read it to you. Mark chapter 12. And I'd like you to look at verse 28 in Mark chapter 12. And this is so familiar that you might even miss it. And one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God, all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. God says we're to love him with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then right next to that, the very next heartbeat is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But you can't love your neighbor if you're still angry at yourself and you feel like you have, you have uh, done something so bad that God can't forgive you or you won't forgive yourself. You've done nothing too bad that God can't forgive you, and so you need to forgive yourself. 
So I'd like to take a minute of silence now. I'm going to take a minute of silence, and I'd like you to forgive. Maybe, maybe you think you've forgiven someone that has hurt you in your past, but maybe you need to forgive them again just to make sure. Or perhaps you've just been angry and resentful and you've never forgiven because it was, it was too tough. It was too tough a wound. It was too hard a pain to go through. And, and, and you are barely surviving it. Uh, you need to forgive this morning. You need to for- end this year. End this year uh, by receiving the mercy of God and then releasing it into the life of someone else by forgiving them. God was merciful to you and has forgiven you all of your sins, and so must we forgive those who have sinned greatly against us. So I'm going to take a minute of silence, and if you would just um, silently in your heart and in your mind kind of whisper to God, God, I, I want to forgive whoever it might be that's uh, on your mind right now. And forgive yourself. Thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven us. Thank you, God, that your mercy has extended to us in every area of our life. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Thank you, God, that you do. You love us on our worst day as much as you love us on our best day. Your love doesn't change, Lord. You forgive us over and over every single day. Help us to be a forgiving people, God a merciful people, a compassionate people, a tender-hearted people, God. Help us to be like you, Lord. Help us to love and help us to forgive. Help us to forgive and help us to love. So we bless you, Lord. We glorify your name that you are such a God You are such a God that there's nothing that is unforgivable. But your grace is there for everything. We love you, Lord, because you're so gracious to us. And we thank you, Lord. As we end this year now, God, I want to thank you for everything that you've done in our life. A lot of it it wasn't easy, God. And as we move into a new year tomorrow, God, we ask that we would be very close to you. We'd walk very close to you. Asking, Jesus, that your strength would be in us when we're weak. You'd help us from 
self-destructing ourselves, God, by doing something foolish. Help us, God, to worship you and love you and stay close to you.